Join Sarah Weiss in the infinite field of energetic aliveness and heart-centered wisdom. This is the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. It's time for a new alignment between body and soul, earth and cosmos, and heart and mind. This is the Earth Love Spirit Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Weiss. Today, my guest is Carol Cummings. Carol has been a professional astrologer and dream analyst for over 30 years. She utilizes her gifts of clairvoyance, empathy, and understanding of symbols in interpreting dreams as well as astrology charts. She is intuitive and compassionate in her work, and she often quotes her spiritual teachers, which have included Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, Taoist, and Cherokee masters. I've known Carol for a very long time, and astrology is something that needs to be understood and approached from a, a much deeper perspective than the common perspective of our culture. Astrology is a very deep mystical science. It requires years of tuning in and making a direct connect to the planets, the stars, the cycles of life, the intuitive information that's coming through the language of the stars. Carol is one of those people who has this deep intuition, psychic ability, and compassionate heart, who brings all of her talents to bear when she's doing an interpretation of your chart. And one thing I would like to share with you is it's good to find the perfect match when you want to get your chart done. And it may take a couple years of developing a relationship with someone who is an astrologer before you come into sync and you understand how the planets interpret in your particular chart, in your particular life. You need to develop this relationship with someone that you would trust to look at your chart and tune into your being. So now here's my conversation with Carol Cummings. Carol, welcome to the Earth Love Spirit podcast. Wonderful to be here. Thanks for asking. You know, the Earth Love Spirit podcast is about opening sacred space, sharing high frequency energies, sharing healing and serenity. So would you please honor us by opening sacred space for our show today? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, Divine Mother, Blessed Masters, saints and sages of all religions, and our guardian angels, please be present with us during this podcast so that the highest and best good for all concern would be accomplished. Aho. Aho. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, you took me into a much deeper space too. So... Uh, Carol and I have known each other for a very long time, and she is someone that I respect in the deepest regard. She has an integrity that compares to no one else's I know. And she has lived into her wisdom in the best ways possible. Not always the perfect way, not always the safest way, but in the most perfect way possible. <laughs> I hope she shares some of these stories with you. <laughs> yes. Glad to do that. Glad to do it. So, Carol, why don't you take us on a little journey of how you became this beautiful astrologer and dream interpreter, analyst, and teacher, spiritual guide. Just tell us where it all started. Well, it's interesting. Um, I was brought up in a very traditional religious family with my father and stepmother. But then when I was around 12, I lived with my mother. And one day she was reading a book on astrology. 
And I looked at her and how I knew at 12 years old about astrology, I have no idea, right? Uh, but I said to her, you don't believe that, do you? And mm -hmm. she put the book down and looked at me and said, this is real. No matter what anyone ever tells you, Carol, this is real. This is sacred. And little did I know, you know, that 20 years later that I would be studying astrology, right? So wow. that was like the first time I ever heard about it. But truly, I was in mainstream America. I mean, I didn't know chakra from Shinola. I, I didn't know anything, <laughs> really. And then, I mean, I owned my own telecommunication consulting firm outside of Chicago had six people working for me. I mean, corporate America at its best. And I, I think I was around 38 and I hated my life. I was deeply unhappy in my gorgeous home on two and a half acres with two brand new cars, four closets filled with clothes. I was deeply distressed. I knew that there was something else and I was really searching for it. And one night I woke up at 3 a.m. <laughs> the God hour, right? Mm -hmm. I woke up at 3 a.m. and oh, I was so unhappy that I had awakened. And I'm gonna tell you a few details to let you know that I was wide awake. I you know, went in the adjoining bathroom and used the facilities and went down the winding staircase and you know, got a drink of water, ice cold, and came back upstairs. And there I was all by myself, wide awake in this king-size bed with a completely unconscious partner, had no idea who I was. And I started praying. And I was praying in the way that I knew from my childhood, but I had turned my back on probably 10 years earlier. And in this praying, uh, I got to the point where uh, I think it's called supplication, prayer and supplication. Where you're down on your knees. Huh? I was down on my knees. I had my uh, elbows up on the mattress top and I was weeping and I started quoting scripture to God. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I'm saying knock and the door will be open. Seek and ye shall find and nobody has helped me. I have knocked and nobody has answered and why won't you help me? And then I said the magic words. I can't do it myself. I need help. And then after about an hour of this deep prayer and supplication and weeping, I got back into bed. And now it's probably around 4 a.m. in the morning. And suddenly I remember that someone had sent me a newspaper from India from a guru. I had never looked at it, but on the front page of it was this thing about meditation. And I remember reading it. It was a little short article. And I thought, oh, why don't I try meditation to go back to sleep? <laughs> oh, boy. So, you know, in the article, it said this is, it can take your stress away and relax you. And I thought, that's just what I need. So I closed my eyes and I began looking inside my forehead and uh, <laughs> the article said, you know, to imagine you're in this attic, you know, and you're cleaning it. And when you get done, just sit down and look at the light that's hanging from the ceiling. And I did that. And whoa, next thing you know, boom right at the end of the foot of my bed, a being appeared in a flash of light. I was so shocked 
that I actually used profanity. <laughs> I said, oh, blankety blank. <laughs> and uh, because this being spoke to me and said, are you a seeker of the truth? And that's when I went, oh, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and then I tried to wake up my husband. And of course, he was passed out because this was only meant to be for me. Mm-hmm. And then this being kind of getting annoyed with me says, are you not seeking the truth? And then I said, yes, I am. Now, you have to understand this being is speaking to me through its eyes. It wasn't moving its mouth. And I had no idea any of this was about, and I was really frightened. And so the being starts telling me that if I want help, I'm going to have to help myself. And that my was in a body-mind trap where... I wasn't eating the right foods and it was affecting my mind and my mind was affecting my body and that I was going to have to change how I ate. (laughs) You know, who would have ever thought something like that, right? And she's, this being's telling me I have to drink water and don't drink alcohol and don't smoke cigarettes and, you know, don't smoke weed and, um, and that I had to eat pure foods. She specifically said foods with life force, right? And then I'm saying she, because later I found out it, who it was. And I didn't know it was a she because this, this being had very short dark hair and very large eyes and was wearing like an orange uh, gown, I would say. I couldn't tell whether it was a male or a female, to tell you the truth. And when she asked for a response from me, she said, do you understand? And I came out of my reverie and I'm, I didn't know how to speak through my eyes. (laughs) So I said, oh yeah, I know, I know all of that stuff. I I got that. I I understand that. What I don't understand is what's going on here. Do you understand that this is really frightening to me? You had the the composure of mind to even ask that? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I, and I said, I'm really scared. Do you realize that? Of course, you know, I have seven planets in fire, so I'm not particularly shy. (laughs) So, this being steps towards me, extends her hand out, and goes from my crown chakra all the way down to my toes, and then back from my toes up. Now, I'll tell you how I experienced it in slow motion. It was like warm, liquid light Mm -hmm. entering in through the top of my head, through my crown chakra. And it came down through the center. And when it reached my arms, it shot down both arms. When it reached my heart, I should say, it shot down both arms. And then it went all the way down to my toes. And when she made the motion for it to come up, it came up in this intense bliss. Mm. It was a full body, blissful experience. And all she said to me was, peace I give unto you. Okay. And when that energy through the upward movement came out of my crown, it actually whistled. It went and I literally passed out. I just passed out from sheer bliss. And the next morning, I woke up and thought, well, I've lost my mind. I'm going to need to seek help. (laughs) And so I called a person who had sent me that newspaper from India. And I told her the story of what happened to me. And she's laughing and said, oh, that's Guramai. And I said, what? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's that guru I told you about that I was traveling with and I said, well, why would she come to me? And why is this? I'm no one special. And she said, you received Shaktipat. Mm -hmm. 
And I, of course, and, and I said, whoa, 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 you, wait a minute, I'm Baptist. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? Shakti, right? And uh, she goes, well, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And I, I was so humbled and I just was crying and crying. And I said, but I'm, but why? I'm nobody, I'm nobody special. But I need to tell you, my life changed in an instant. I suddenly went from reading trashy romance novels <laughs> to wanting to read books about Buddha. You know, I would go to yard sales with my mother-in-law and all I was interested was in spiritual books. And my life completely changed. And within a few months, I closed down my company and I moved away to Arizona. And then I met a living teacher here in Arizona that sure enough started teaching me about eating correctly and initiated me into Kriya Yoga. Mm. So, and that's when I started meditating and yogic breathing and my whole life. I mean, really people that knew me from before no longer knew me and had no interest in continuing to be my friend because I was a completely new person. Okay, so we have to ask what happened to the husband and I assume you had some children at this point? I did, <laughs> um, right? My uh, son who was sleeping in the other room, um, he ended up that summer suddenly saying that he wanted to go live with his dad. And so he left the state. And interestingly enough, my husband said, uh, he was working for me, by the way, in my company, and he was um, invited by another one of our clients to come and work for them. And it required him to live in Arizona. <laughs> and so he, he then moved away almost immediately and I was left alone and I packed everything up and yes, we ended up getting a divorce within four months of coming. Whoa. To, yep. Yep. So just word to the wise out there, you know, when you ask for a brand new beginning, and you take charge, you have the full power to manifest that. I could not continue working in corporate America and being married to that man. And, you know, spirit worked it out so that my son wanted to go live with his father in another state. Okay, so how on earth, people are wondering, did you have the wherewithal to just go ahead and break up your life and start a whole new life? What was in there that was drawing you onward? It was very interesting. I, um, my third eye began to open my intuition. Um, I neglected to mention mm -hmm. that I was born clairvoyant. I was born with that spiritual gift. I remember my parents and my grandparents kind of whispering about me behind my back, you know, and I'd walk in a room and they'd suddenly quit talking. And I actually never knew it was a spiritual gift. I didn't know I was any different than anyone else until I reached puberty. I think I was in seventh or eighth grade. And Someone asked, we were having student council elections and, and one of the people said, well, I wonder what's going to happen with so-and-so. And I said, oh, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And he looked at me horrified and said, oh, how do you know that? And I said, uh, well, you know, right? <laughs> and, and she goes, no, I don't know. And I want to know how you know that. And from that moment on, I shut down. I literally shut down. Of course, you know, when you're seventh and eighth grade, you want to be just like everybody else. Right. Okay. Right. So to answer your question is this. 
my clairvoyant vision returned full blown, full blast. And I began seeing the future for myself. And you know, that's very hopeful, very hopeful when you know what you have to look forward to. I remember meeting um, an Eastern Indian man. He wore a turban, you know, he had a bindi on his third eye. And I remember walking up to him and shaking his hand. This was probably a year or two after I had been initiated into Kriya Yoga. And uh, he, instead of shaking my hand, turned my palm over and looked at my palm and gave me a palm reading. Yeah. And what <laughs> and what he said was this. Oh, I see you have changed your destiny three times, and it is good you have done so. And what he was referring to was each time I completely turned my life around. The first time was when I left my at 29 years old. I'm sorry, wait, wait, wait. Uh, did you say church? You left your church? Because that just kind of blipped out. I just wanted... Yes, yes. Okay. I, I left my church. I was 29 years old. And um, this is the church that fired me from my Christian school uh, as the principal to the Christian school. And uh, I was a secretary, excuse me. I was a secretary to the principal of the Christian school. And one day I was home on a day off or a weekend and the pastor's wife drove by and saw me out in my yard wearing slacks. Not even <laughs> jeans, but slacks. And next thing you know, the pastor calls me in and fires me from my job and tells me that, why would you ever wear pants knowing that women are never allowed to wear pants? Okay, why Let's give our, our listeners a little um, context for this. What year around was that? Oh, that was when I was, oh, I think uh, about 20, I think I was 27. So that was in the 70s? Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah, it was okay. in the 70s. And we all had to wear skirts below our knees and blah, blah, blah. So what happened is, I ended up being fired. And you know, I look back and it was all part of the bigger picture. It was all part of the process to get me where I was supposed to go, right? And then I ended up leaving and moving away, moving out of state. I left all those friends behind and the church behind and I moved, uh, to a different state. And then I started my big career. Okay. Um, okay. So that was your first big change. Then. That was the first big change. And okay. then the second big change was um, coming to, oh no, actually, you know what? That was the second change. <laughs> ah, okay. I am sorry. The first big change, I was only 24 years old. And uh, my husband, who was 25, came to me and said, I really love you, but I want to be with other women. And the only one I've ever been with, and I'm too young to be married. So can we get a divorce? Oh, okay. And so I said, Okay, and so I arranged for us to get a divorce, okay? And then I decided I wanted to go to Bible college and become a theology major. So that was the big change, okay. divorce and going to college. Okay, so now we know you're an expert at divorce. Yes. <laughs> okay. Now I'm a, not, you know, and that's right. <laughs> I am an expert in divorce at that time. <laughs> okay. So the one, two, and then three. And third was 
my me my teacher and being initiated into Kriya Yuga. Uh, unfortunately, he uh, went on samadhi, or as he likes to call it, cosmic vacation. Um, about 18 months after I met him, and then he turned all of his initiates over to the Cherokee white priest that I've been studying with for the past 24 years. Okay. Okay, so that was my, you know, I guess the third time was the two, twofold with the two different teachers. You know what, Carol, your mic is going in and out. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Um, just, just so we know. Okay. Um, huh. it, it's just getting into a little bit of that electronic sound. Um, I wonder if it's my headphones. Okay. Uh, you sound fine now. Um, okay. And then it just did it again. Okay. Huh. Uh, what if I take the headphones out? Let's try this. Is this any better? Yeah. All right, let's do it this way. I never used headphones before. <laughs> okay, good. We're fine. Okay, so you met your Cherokee white priest teacher. Right. And... He does not he does not go by the shaman. The Cherokees do not have shamans, they have priests. Oh. And so uh and they have very, you know, many priests, but he um, is the white priest, which is the spiritual priest. They also have red priest, brown priest, blue priest. They have various priests, but he's the white priest. And uh, he was dedicated when he was seven years old to the tribe to be the white priest. Okay, so... There's a, a whole teaching in there about your work with the Cherokee teacher. Is there something you want to share about that? I don't know if that's sacred to you and it can't be shared, or there's something that you can share about that. Thank you. Thank you for allowing those boundaries. However, I'm happy to talk about, of course, I had already had a few years of deep meditation but I didn't know the piece about grounding. And when you study with the indigenous ones, with the Cherokees and with other indigenous, indigenous teachers, you are working with the earth energies. You're going to be working with the elements and you have to learn grounding. And so this is you know, another tool for my toolbox now, not just meditation, not just diet, but ground. I cannot say how important it is. He always says, uh, his name is C.J. White Deer. Mm. He always says, you cannot be in present time unless you are grounded. And if you are not in present time, you cannot make decisions for yourself. Ha ho. Mm. Thank you. Right. I just got the God bumps when you said that. And so I've learned all about grounding. I learned about using the cedar wood oil uh, on the soles of my feet. I learned about offering tobacco to the four directions. This is my connection to our Mother Earth. He taught a lot about ceremony, but not ritual, okay? The white priest teaches ceremony, and ceremony can change all the time, but ritual has to be exactly the same every single time. And I had an opportunity to buy a gorgeous home. I did not know how to do it. And I went to the teacher, my Cherokee teacher, and I said, what should I do? And he said, go to your favorite spot, clear off the ground so that there's a clear spot on the earth, sprinkle some tobacco, and stand there with your bare feet on the ground and talk to grandmother. That's what he always says, talk to grandfather. 
and come as a little child, not knowing anything. And so I headed down to Madeira Canyon, which is one of my favorite places here in Arizona, and did exactly what he said. And I just made up my own ceremony. I offered tobacco, did various things. I made a circle out of cornmeal. I mean, I just was using all my tools. And then I began to pray and I prayed out loud. And he does often say that it's good to pray out loud. So I prayed out loud and I said, Grandfather, I'm coming to you as your little girl. I know you want the best for me. I wanna buy this house and I'm asking yes or no. I'm not asking how because I know that you know better how to make it happen than I could ever imagine. So I'm asking yes or no. And you need to make it really clear to me, grandfather, because I'm likely to miss it. <laughs> I said, so, you know, like shaving cream on my windshield, yes or no, that would work. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended the ceremony. I drove back to Tucson. And less than 24 hours later, the man that owned the home called. And I was delightfully surprised. And I said, oh, hi. You know, and this was before call waiting, by the way. <laughs> and, um, I said, wow, I'm surprised that you're calling. I was just praying yesterday about whether to buy this house or not. And he said, oh, well, I'm calling because we're going on vacation and I wanted you to have the phone number. So you have to understand, I had already been renting that house for several years and had never once heard from the owner, not once in three years, right? Now suddenly he's calling me. <laughs> and then when I said, yeah, I was praying about, you know, whether to buy the house or not, he goes, oh, I didn't realize were interested. And he said, uh, do you have a down payment? I said, no. And he said, um, have you talked to a mortgage company? I said, yes, two of them, but they're not really interested in a full-time astrologer and a, a full-time student at the U of A. That was my husband. And he said, I can understand that. Well, good luck. <laughs> Right? And then we hang up and I thought, okay, well, what's my answer? The answer is no. But it wasn't. The phone rang five minutes later. And this is what the person on the other end said. It was him calling back. I pick up the phone and this is what I hear. The answer is yes. Whoa. Right? <laughs> the answer is yes. And I said, Yes, what? And he said, yes, I want you to have this house and I'm going to do everything in my power for you to get that house. And he said, just leave it up to me. I'll take oh. care of it, All right? And the way that it turned out was he had my husband at the time who was a law student draw up a contract, not even an attorney, just a Student, right? Draw up the contract. He told us what he wanted the terms, and this were these were the terms: no payments at all for seven years. Whoa! Five percent interest cumulative. And at the end of seven years, there will be a balloon payment, and at that time, he'll be a full-blown attorney, and you know you'll have seven years to save up. And then you can just pay me, you know, the amount and all the rest you can use, you know, as you will. And that's the miracle. Wow. That is the miracle of being grounded, of being in present time and asking for what you want. You can manifest what is for your highest and best good by taking those steps. And what I heard in when you were praying was that you trusted that spirit had your best interest at heart. Yes. You did not lead with your fear. No, I didn't. You led with your love and your light. 
Exactly. I completely trusted that grandfather would take care of every detail that I need not worry about anything. Truly, I left with the lightest heart. Mm -hmm. And when it is said, it is done. So let's backtrack a little. How did you get into astrology? Well, that's interesting. I started reading astrology books, oh boy, when I was around 32, 30 years old, just, you know, it was time and I started reading. And then I decided that I was going to have a reading. And the first time I saw a chart I was mesmerized by it and knew that I needed to know every single thing, every icon, every glyph, every single thing that was in that chart. I needed to know what it meant. And I completely taught myself, self-taught. <laughs> and I look back now and go, wow, that was really incredible for me to take on such a task. I mean, I, I take on apprentices now, right? Mm -hmm. They get a one-year program to learn how to be professional astrologers. And it took me, oh, I want to say probably a good seven years of studying and learning and reading every book I could and doing free readings for people before I ever charged anyone. So, Carol, what I know about you and how you do your readings, they're, they're not just simple readings. You bring an entire wisdom to your readings that is extremely spiritually mature. Oh, thank you. Thank and so I would like you to maybe just give our listeners a sense of how you look at astrology and what it means for you to be entrusted to be someone's guide in this way. Oh, thank you for asking. Um, I have always considered it a sacred honor for someone to entrust me to do their chart. Um, it's not fun, it's not entertainment, my first spiritual teacher that initiated me into Kriya Yoga had said that astrology was sacred and that you would never share your chart with someone unless you wanted to share your soul. Because the, the chart is your blueprint for this incarnation, what you have chosen. And upon hearing that, after being studied for so many years and done in readings for people, I suddenly changed the way that I did readings. Suddenly it became this very spiritual thing for me. I thought, whoa, this is, this is the soul. You know, this is really a blueprint. And he talked about the cross that we've come to bear and how that shows up in the chart. He talked about the life purpose and the soul mission for being here. And I mean, literally, Sarah, the first time I ever met, well, after my initiation, first time I ever met my Hindu teacher in person, he held his arms out in a, like by, uh, out by the sides, um, like a come to me, you know, like fully open, like a grandmother would to her grandchildren, like come to grandma, right? He held out his arms and he said, I have been looking for you for so long. And again, you know, we're all the way back to that first time coming here from Chicago and I didn't know Chakra from Shinola. I said, oh, Cynthia brought me. I mean, I had no idea what he was talking about, right? <laughs> and then uh, he starts telling me about my past lives. And he starts asking me about the astrological sign that my father is. Now, you have to understand, I'm already an astrologer. 
And I'm thinking, why is he asking me this? And I said, oh, you know, he's, he's a Scorpio. And he goes, and what sign is your mother? And I said, uh, she's a Pisces. And he didn't ask what sign I was. And he said, oh, two waters, trying to put the fire out. And he said, but your spine took it so you would live. And I have to tell you, Sarah, that personal appointment with him mm. changed the way I did astrology for the rest of my life. In that moment, I knew there was some body-mind connection. There was something with the parents and it just moved me in new ways, new directions. Okay? And then I began concentrating on the spiritual aspects of the natal chart. Now I understand, you know, there, there could be some listeners that don't know that there's such a thing as a transit chart, uh, but that's like based on where you're at right now and you know, what's coming up in the future and what the influences are, basically what the potentials are. He had a wonderful way of saying the stars foretell, but they don't compel, right? And all these years later, it's been 33 years later, I still tell my clients that, that you are in charge, that it's all based on your choice of what you want to do with these potentials. Now, for me, I do have wisdom. I have earth wisdom. I have spiritual wisdom. And I have this way of, I, I would say gratitude or thankfulness that I have the opportunity to share an hour or an hour and a half with a person. Even if I never get to talk to them again, I get to share something deeply meaningful with them. And I take that seriously. So the transit chart, when I'm telling people about the potentials that I see coming up. I'm careful not to program, right? Because mm -hmm. our words hold a lot of power. So I would say to anyone out there, you know, we have to be very, very careful with our words, especially if someone's paying you to tell them something, right? Um, and so I made a pact a long time ago that I wouldn't tell people what to do, that that's not my job, that people have to make their own choices. Even if they call me and ask me, what should I do? I'm using that wisdom to say, no, it's your choice. I can give you the potentials. These are all of the things that are available. What do you choose to do with this? And, you know, it's, it's sort of like giving someone a weather report, right? Mm -hmm. And I can say, hey, look, you know, you have this bright, sunshiny, breezy day, you know, coming up from this date to this date, you know, do what? You will with it. These are some of the things it's good for. And then if the person says to me, well, you know, I think I'm just going to isolate myself and stay in, close the curtains. I literally say, well, it's your choice. You, you know, I'm just letting you know what the potentials are. Conversely, if I say to a person, you know, it looks like there's a winter storm coming up. And the reason I'm telling you is so that you can put a snow shovel in the trunk, you know, mm -hmm. carry an extra blanket or whatever so that you can be prepared. And if the person says to me, no, I'm going to, I'm planning a picnic at that time. <laughs> Again, there is no reaction from me. There is no judgment, right? We have to get past that. And I say, whatever it is that you want to do. It's completely up to you. The stars are not going to force you to do anything. 
And that has been my experience with you, Carol, because I've known you for a very long time and I've entrusted you with my chart and am always amazed over so many years of how accurate you are. You've come to know me. I know it took a couple of years uh, for us to grow together, for you to understand your chart, for me to understand your perspective. And once you were able to tune into me, your accuracy and your guidance has been amazing. Oh, thank you for that. Um, I really appreciate that feedback. And you know, if you're, you're, you are right, it does. Occasionally on the very first reading, there can be such an, you know, an unfolding of information that can be actually a little overwhelming for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I know that I've made a connection with this person and that this person is going to be in my life over and over and over again, right? And then there's other clients that will call and they want to talk about various things that maybe you know, I'm not willing to give them the answer to, and they can become annoyed, and I know I'm never going to hear from them again. But again, I accept that they have a certain need that I was unable to meet. I don't take it personally, right? Mm -hmm. Most, and, and it has happened a few times where someone is called for a reading, and I have picked up something and had to say, I really appreciate you reaching out. Thank you so much. Um, I really feel that I'm not the best astrologer for you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I would recommend that you call so-and-so or, you know, whoever, or check out your, your local astrologers guild. Um, and I don't do a reading. Now that's happened maybe a handful of times but again, it's, it's about discernment. And it's about the right match. Exactly. It's really about the right match, people right. to people. And don't you so, Carol, that, as we, oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, don't you feel that there's only going to be certain people that are going to be attracted to you and your work? That's how right. I feel, that certain people will be led to me. That's exactly how I feel, too. Now, as we're coming to the end, Carol, um, I would like to ask you, you know, here we are in the middle of 2020, and it's been the most unusual year, I think, that anyone has experienced. And I'm wondering if you have some wisdom and guidance about, let's say, the second half of the year, um, not to make a prediction, but what wisdom and guidance is coming through you right now as I'm asking you this that would be helpful for our listeners? So, so I'm asking you to tune in and, and see what comes through. Yeah, give me just a second here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what I just heard was that we had an event and astrological event that was very, very rare. It came about in January and sure enough, that's when events in China started, right? When this big astrological influence happened. But what I heard is that we're just living with the consequences of that, that it was meant to bring a teaching to us that we will never forget life is not the same it will not be the same it was meant to be a teaching experience a learning experience for us that we have to find out about power versus powerlessness we have to find out about limitation and restriction and obstacles and how we're going to handle that. 
And by the end of the year, in fact, on the solstice, very special time is coming uh, for everyone. On the Are we Earth. talking about this June solstice? No, 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 December. December, okay. Yeah, the December solstice. I'm sorry, I should have okay. been plain about that. The December 21st solstice of 2020, there will be a rare event of Saturn conjuncting Jupiter, and it's called the Christmas star, okay, because this was a conjunction that took place when Christ was born, okay? So the, the, the star of Bethlehem, you know, that big bright star. And Jupiter is um, the ruler of Sagittarius. Jupiter is a lot about education. We're going to be seeing big changes and big decisions with regard to education for the future, okay? Um, we will, also be dealing with foreign countries and foreign cultures in a new way. And Jupiter and Sagittarius are a lot about freedom and justice. And so no matter what we're going through now and in the next several months, we have something incredible to look forward to, okay? Freedom and justice and a new way of looking at things that will feel in some way like a gift, a Christmas gift um, that can be cherished. It will change our lives and we'll be able to look back. I don't think everything will you know, be completed on the solstice, but it is the beginning of a new change for us and it's hope, and we need to hang on to that. Mm. It, is this as big uh, of an event as when the world shifted when Christ was born? Is it that kind of big event, like a, a whole nother, yes. several thousand year yes. shift? Okay. Yes, yes, the simple answer is yes. One, in fact, I have to say, one of my favorite astrologers, and in fact, uh, took many classes from him, he said, he had an interesting way of putting it, and he said, you know, an avatar could return to Earth. Mm. Interesting. Very much so. Well, yeah. Carol, I really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation today. I will have your contact information in the show notes and people will be able to reach you to schedule a reading or whatever, learn about their dreams and dream interpretation. That's a whole different oh, yeah. um, talents that we didn't get to cover today, but right. we'll that in, a, in, a, in the next one. Okay. So thank you so much. And I can't wait for everyone to be inspired by the light that you bring to the world. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for listening to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.